Hi everyone, I'm Libby Campbell and welcome to TIC, Teachers Inspiring and Collaborating Knowledge. Are you looking for some new teaching ideas? Are you looking for some inspiration with what you do in the classroom now? Is something not working for you and you're just willing to try something new? Then this podcast is for you. Each week, I get to talk with everyday people about ideas and practices, tips and tricks that have worked for them. And then I get to share these with you while you're on the go. Enjoy. In light of this week being Teacher's Aid Week, this episode is dedicated to all those teacher aides out there. Today we meet Liz, who has been a teacher's aide for a number of years at her school. The conversation was a great insight into the variety of the jobs that aides do in and out of the classroom and the fact that they are there, just like teachers, to teach kids. Teacher aides are amazing and don't always get the recognition they deserve. So I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you for helping teachers do their job. Thank you for supporting the students you have. And thank you for the very important role you play within your school. Happy Teachers Aid Week. Well, good morning, Liz. Thanks for coming in today and welcome to TIC. Thank you, Libby. I'm very happy to be here. I want to dedicate this episode today to all the teachers' aides out there. And um, I think you guys do an amazing job and I don't think we'd be able to, I don't think teachers would be able to do their job properly without you guys. So I'm really excited to be talking with you today. But before we start, just tell us a bit about you and and your background. What's your story? Okay. Well, I was born in Naruma down on the south coast, but um, we moved up to Kula. Um, That's where I grew up. I'm the youngest of four. I'm the only only girl. Uh, I went to year 12. Uh, My first job was working at a supermarket. I was there for about two or three years. And because it's a small town, I didn't spend my money on anything. So I saved up enough money to go and live in England for a year. Ooh. Then I, yeah, that was really great. I loved it. Anyway, I came back and all intentions, yes, I'm going to go back. But then I met my husband. And so I ended up staying. So my husband was a house painter at the time. And um, we ended up having two daughters. And he got a lot of work, so that's how we ended up coming back here. That's lovely. And so what's your role now at the school? Well, I'm a teacher's aide. I've been there for 16 years. So how did you get involved? Well, I started volunteering because my daughters were, were there and, you know, listening to reading, covering library books, whatever was needed. Then one day the support teacher rang me and asked if I'd be interested in being a classroom aide to a young student for I think it was about two hours a day. And, of course, I said yes. Hmm. And after that there was more funding came in and my hours increased. I was able to work with other students and I've never looked back. So you're full-time now? I am, yes. Nice. It's amazing how volunteer work can bring in a couple of hours a week and then longer hours during the course of the week and then all of a sudden you're full-time. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. I, it was only ever meant to be for the year mm-hmm. and that's how I, I, my mindset was this is only for the year but 
that was 16 years ago. So, <laughs> it was meant yeah. to be. That's it. So, Liz, tell us about the sorts of things you do in your role as teacher's aide. What would your day look like? Okay. Well, I I was actually thinking of all the different roles and, my goodness, there's a lot of them. So mm-hmm. I've been lucky that I've had the opportunity to train in four of the multi-literacy support programs That's um, and I use that, obviously, with literacy and also the numeracy program that's called Quick Smart. Um, in the classroom, I take small groups for maths warm-up activities. I also supervise students doing reading eggs or reading express on the computer. Uh, I take a happy hands group, which targets fine motor skills. And I also withdraw a couple of students for Move to Learn, which focuses on more the gross motor skills. Uh, sometimes I need to make social stories and role play scenarios for students who might be struggling with social skills or a couple of them we might have from other cultures where English is not their first language. And I also take students who need speech therapy. All right. Um, yeah. Wow, you do wear a lot of hats. I do indeed, yes. <laughs> so what do you love about your job then, Liz? Oh, definitely the one-on-one time. You mm-hmm. really get to know your kids. Um, they love to tell me what they did on the weekend or if something exciting's coming up. Um, or even if they're a bit nervous or worried about something, it's just nice to form that sort of relationship yeah. um, where they, you know they're comfortable sharing with what they want with you. Um, I, I actually keep a diary next to me, and if a child tells me he's going to do something special next week, um, or you know a swimming carnival or to the zoo or something, yeah, I make a note of it next time I see them, so I can ask them how it went, and it's, wow. it keeps them in it helps them to know that I'm interested in what they're doing. And so it's definitely that little special relationship. That's what I like most about it, I think. Yeah. That's a great idea, though, to use a diary. Yeah. Um, so what do you find challenging then? Um, probably being reliant on funding each year, although mm. I've, I've been very lucky. I've had full-time, five days a week, quite a few years. But at the end of the year, there's always that nervous oh, mm. what, what will we get next year? And that determines, of course, will you keep working with a student that is making good progress or will you have will those hours be dropped and you have to pick up with someone else? So there's that uncertainty at the end of each year of mm. will we continue the way we're going this year? I suppose another challenge would be sometimes as an aide and not a qualified teacher, you do feel a little bit, uh, you know, am I doing this right? This child doesn't seem to be responding the way oh, right. I, the way, you know, I don't feel as if I'm getting through to them and you think what can I draw on to help mm. the situation? So okay. you do feel just occasionally you feel a bit out of your depth like, oh, I'm not qualified to do this. But, you know, you can easily go and talk to your teacher. They're a wealth of knowledge for helping yeah. you if you don't think. It's working. Okay, probably the big challenges. Liz, what do you think makes a good teacher's aid? Ah, you've got to want to do it. It's not just a job. I think I think a willingness to accept if something's not working and we need to change it. Okay. It's putting them first, yeah. putting that child first because 
they they usually know can't do the work and they mm. feel a bit stupid or at, you know the at the beginning of the year sometimes they're reluctant to come out with me because it's like um I'm different why isn't anyone else going that's often a question mm. I get asked why me what why aren't the others coming out and yeah. so you've got to give them that um reassurance that a others are coming out and b you do want to spend time with them and it's going to work yeah um because I was thinking myself the question like what makes a good teacher's aid and I think definitely that smiley friendly pleasant persona like that that's what gets the kids in but just being um I've worked with some teacher's aides who are so instinctive and are able to show that initiative to go do things like without being asked to do because as a teacher your mindset doesn't well for me my mindset doesn't always reach out to tell um the teacher's aide what to do yeah but like yourself you're you seem to know what to do, what the next step will be, so you just go and do it. You don't need to be asked. And I've often won. I've been very fortunate where I've had some great aides and I have never really had to do much of that. So it'd be tricky, I think, if you had an aide that didn't always see, you know, what needed to be done um, and had to be told what to do everything. I suppose yeah. a lot of good teachers' aides have that quality in them anyway. Yeah, and it certainly comes with experience as well. True. Um, yes, I think when you first start, you do you do rely on the teacher. You know, what do I do? But then, as you get into it and you deal with different situations with children, you do you you can think, okay, I've got this in my stash. Let's try this. Um, you get to know what works. So true. Well, if we had, um, if we had in an ideal world where time and finances, so wondering whether you know you'll have the job the following year. If that didn't come into things at all, what would you like your job to look like? Well, I'm actually because I have such a variety of roles, I'm really quite happy with the way it's going. But if time wasn't a factor, I'd like to spend more time teaching kids gross motor skills. Ah. Well, I've always picked kids who spend hours on the iPad or hopping around watching TV. You can see there's lots of slouching over on the desk. Mm. They've always got to support their head. Um, they find it hard to concentrate. They're tired. And you see them on the floor. They're not listening because they're squirming because it's so uncomfortable sitting mm. on the floor. And I think, you know, you can't, you can't learn if you're not at ease, if you're not comfortable, if you're always struggling to keep awake or to keep straight. And I really think that those skills have got to come first before the academic learning takes place or they just burn out early in the day. And, like, there's still hours of school of sitting down and listening to go. And I think if we can build up those gross motor skills, it makes them alert um, and and therefore they're taking in the, the education. Liz, have you got a standout story from your 16 years there at, at school? Um, not really. The things that stand out for me, this sounds silly, but it's true. I always keep the Christmas cards that say, you know, thank you for teaching me to count backwards or thank you for helping me to read. Um, you know, that they are always special. And I've got cards from kids from years ago who, you know, have said that. 
Wow. It reminds you that, yeah, I have made a difference. Um, yeah, it's quite special. I love to see the end of year assessments um, result for my kids uh, and comparing it with the start of the year. And mm-hmm. you see a child who was well below benchmark at the beginning of the year and you see them maybe reach benchmark or even go beyond benchmark. Fantastic. And you think, oh, my goodness, that is so rewarding. Oh, that's help beautiful. Yeah, and you were responsible for that. Well, help them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose, you know. You helped them get there. To do it as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very rewarding. So what would your advice be to someone who's thinking about becoming a teacher's aide? Um, definitely I would recommend start by volunteering at a school. That way you get the experience of relating to students of different ages um, and you see if it, it, it is really what I want to do rather, you know, before you commit yourself. Um, I think it also works in your favour if you're then able to apply for a job at that school. Um, you're familiar with the surroundings. The staff already know who you are. They see how you relate to the kids. I think that would be the way I would. It's certainly the way I started out, and it's a, it's it's a good transition. Go from volunteering to an actual paid job as an aide. It's not so daunting if you've already been there. What about um, with training? Do you get plenty of professional development opportunities? Yes, yes, I do. Excellent. I don't know whether that's just in our system or whether it aids in any school, but I, I get lots and lots of chances for training, um, personal develop, um, professional development, um, and, and it's always great. Have a, even have a refresher course in something you've already trained in. Uh, you get to talk to other support teachers, other aides. What are they doing in their schools? So I do. I get lots of opportunities. So how are you going to celebrate Teachers' Aid Week? Well, we've got two aids at our school and normally we spoil with some flowers and maybe away coffee, which is nice, yeah. We always get remembered, which is lovely. Mm -hmm. Of course, this year we're in lockdown and we're working with a skeleton scarf staff each day and so we might just have to postpone celebrations. Yeah, I don't know what we can do. Mm. You might have to go buy yourself that coffee or a bunch yes. of flowers. <laughs> I'll Zoom with our other aid. <laughs> That's right. Well, Liz, now we're up to our fast finishes, so whatever pops into your mind first. What's your favourite subject to teach about and why? Well, if I was a classroom teacher, it would be art. But there's, not a lot of, there's not a lot of call for teachers' aids in art classes, unfortunately. Mm. But, look, as an aide, my favourite would be literacy support. I just feel more comfortable in that role. Um, I don't feel numeracy comes as naturally to me. It's not that I can't teach it, mm. but I've I've got to teach myself first and then teach the child. It just doesn't come quite as naturally as, as literacy. Yeah. You're either one or the other, aren't you? Well, it seems to be that way, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah I've actually got a, a big book called how to be good at maths <laughs> and it's, it's yeah and it's it's helped me out lots of times <laughs> <laughs> what would you be if you weren't a teacher's aide well I've always been interested in history and I wanted to be an archaeologist when I was at school Ooh. but 
a friend of my brother's actually laughed at me and he said, you know, you'll have to learn two or three dead languages and a few modern ones. Mm. And so I thought, oh, fair enough. I can't do that. So I just dismissed the idea and never looked at it again, which is a bit sad. But You wouldn't think about it now, though? Well, no, not really, unless mm. there was some sort of um, archaeological thing going on nearby and they wanted volunteers. <laughs> no, I don't suppose I would, but, yeah. I, it's, a bit, it's a bit sad that I just accepted someone's opinion as, oh, yeah, you're right, I probably can't do that and just look no. into it anymore, but. It was meant to be, yeah. though, by the sounds of things, for you to be a teacher. Oh, look, I'm very happy in my job. I get a lot of satisfaction out of it. What is something you did today that went well? Hmm. I'm actually making kefir, drink for my daughter. Oh, okay. It's the fermented drink. Uh, I used to make it a long time ago because we all, my daughters and I, we all have sort of allergies and gut health problems. And I stopped making it and so one of my daughters it flared up again. So I'm actually in the middle of um, fermenting some kefir grains for her. Oh, so, lovely. Yeah, lovely. I'm just Good. trying different flavours. And that's working? Yes, yes. Good. What makes you happy? Well, at work it would be a child um, that's been struggling and probably reluctant to try again in case they fail. And then suddenly you see the light go on and they say, oh, that's how you do it. Mm. That gives me a lot of satisfaction that, um, you know, you get to celebrate with them. It's magic, isn't it? It is. It is. And I guess teachers are the same in the classroom. You've, you've sort of shone a light on, on what they didn't understand mm. and their confidence just goes from there. It's like, oh, my gosh, yeah. I can do this. Yeah. That's at work. Um at home, I guess it's spending time with my family. Uh, we've got three granddaughters and I'm really missing them because mm. before lockdown they were coming over for sleepovers and we're not getting that anymore. But, um, look, with technology, it, you know, I'm still enjoying that time. Oh, that's good. Now, it's the first day of the holidays. What do you do? Well, the night before I always think I'm going to sleep in. I'm not going to get up before 10, maybe even lunchtime. I'm just going to lie around. And I still wake up at 6.30. Yeah, I better get up. <laughs> I never quite get to sleep in. But usually the first day my husband and I will go down to the cafe and have breakfast together. Oh, nice. Um, and it's just lovely. You don't, you're not looking at the clock thinking, oh, I've got to get to work. Um, it's a nice relaxing time. Um, yeah. One thing that helps you deal with stress. I really appreciate nature. I love sitting in the yard and, and watching birds, you know, listening to them. Love plants, love gardening. Um, mm -hmm. I've got lots of plants around the house. Um, I get a real a satisfaction out of seeing them grow, seeing them flower. I have orchids. I rescue orchids from the supermarkets, you know, when they're oh. the half price, they're not yeah. flowering anymore. Um, love looking after them, watching them flower again. Yeah. Wow. Tell us about a time, personally or professionally, where you made a mistake but learnt something very valuable. Well, when I first began as an aide, I think I might have, I was too direct if a child wasn't getting it. Um, I remember one time someone was reading and they made a mistake and I leaned over and said, no, 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 that's not the word. And she jumped and went, oh, 
And I was a bit shocked that I'd made her feel nervous. So I began listening to myself and I realised when I needed to correct someone, I always started with the word no. I'd say, no, that's not right. No, try again or no, you need to do it this way. And they already knew that they couldn't do the work. So me starting with a negative was only reinforcing that mindset. Mm. Um, And I understood I needed to be more encouraging. So I started to say things like, you know, you really tried hard that time or I like how you didn't give up even though you weren't sure or, you know, we'll keep practising and you'll get even better. I started to change the way I delivered the correction and I did. I learnt learnt from that that you can cut a child, not meaning to, I wasn't angry, but just constantly saying, no, no, not like that. And, yeah, they, they shut down because they already know they can't do it. You mm. don't have to tell them that. Oh. That's something I've learned. That's a yeah. powerful lesson. Yes, I think it is. Yeah. Um, what's your favourite book? Hmm. I enjoy murder mysteries. Mm-hmm. Uh, one series I read every couple of years is the Inspector Singh series by Shamini um, Clint. I think she's Indian origin. origin she lives in Singapore. Um, and her the series Inspector Singh, his um he just goes to different countries solving murders so yeah i enjoy those and of course good old agatha christie's yeah anything like that i like satire i yeah. rather like um the biting wit of sean mccullough maybe that's where i get my direct <laughs> my directness <laughs> from but yes anything like that i like as well uh what are you grateful for well i've been very lucky each year to usually have full-time work um, I love working with the staff. Um, I've always been treated as an equal, and that doesn't always happen when you're a teacher's aide. Um, it's great to be asked, what do you think about this idea or can you think of another way we could make this work uh, when you're discussing a student's progress? It's really satisfying to be invited, to have input, and to be listened to when a program is being developed for a student. Um, feel, yeah, you can contribute. And I know speaking to other aides, that's not always not always the case. Um, but, yeah, we've always worked as a team and I'm very grateful for that. And what's a fun fact about you? Hmm. I really love to travel. My dream would be to live for a few months in Malaysia because they have wonderful street food. I think the diversity of their food is, is amazing. And while I'm there, I wouldn't mind teaching kids underprivileged kids some English um, because I think that's a stepping stone towards their education, not that they need to leave their culture or their language behind, but just in this modern day, um, a bit of English often gets them a job that someone else wouldn't get. So I would like to do that and also learn from them. I think that's important to learn as well as to teach. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, maybe I'll get there one day. One day. I have, been, I have been to Malaysia twice because my sister-in-law is Malaysian, but um, I'd really like to stay there for a few months. So I yeah. love that. Mm. Well, Lizzie, I've really enjoyed talking with you this morning. And first of all, I'd like to say I think the school's very lucky to have someone like you, and I really hope you get to enjoy Teachers' Aid Week. And thanks for your time today. Oh, thanks, Libby. I really enjoyed it. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really appreciate it. I hope you're able to get something valuable out of it like I did when I was talking to our guest. 
Just a quick note that ideas in today's episode are educated opinions of the guests. Always inform yourself and work out what best suits you and your lifestyle before trying other people's ideas. If you would like to know more, be a guest or contribute constructive feedback, visit our website at tickteaching.com. If you liked what you heard today, subscribe and share this episode with your friends and colleagues. Looking forward to doing it all again next week. And until next time, love your kids, love yourself, take care.